This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Gavin Hamilton's Euro Road Trip. This episode. Groupie. Poland. Today we're in Group E, we're travelling to Warsaw to find out all about Poland and we're talking to Tomasz Vlodosik. Tomasz is an experienced reporter, he now works for the website michiki.pl, which roughly translates as match.pl. He used to work for the daily sports paper Przeglad Sportowy, Sport Review, and he's got a big social media following in Poland. He's also lived in England in the past and speaks excellent English. So he is the guy to speak to about the Polish national team and he knows what's going on with Poland and a lot has been going on with Poland in recent weeks and months. There's been a change of coach in January and we've had a few changes of coaches amongst the Euro teams. Holland brought in Frank de Boer because Ronald Koeman left for Barcelona. It's an opportunity he couldn't really pass up. Denmark, they lost Aga Harida because he didn't extend his contract and had a, an offer from a club. Slovakia changed coach on the eve of the playoffs and that, that helped them actually get, get through the playoffs. But Poland's change was the biggest shock and, and, and was a surprise because in January, Jerzy Wyszynczyk was replaced by Paolo Sousa. Now, Paolo Sousa is a Portuguese coach, a great player. I mean, if you remember him from his days at Juventus, and then Borussia Dortmund, winning Champions League titles in successive years in the late 90s. He was a, yeah, a clever midfield player. His career, playing career was affected by injuries towards the end of his career, but uh, a great player. Someone who's had mixed results as a coach. You know, he, he started off in the English Championship with QPR and Swansea, and then Leicester, um, and then he moved all over the place to Hungary, Israel, China. Had success winning the league title in Switzerland with Basel but then he had mixed results in, in Italy with Fiorentina and recently with Bordeaux in France so a surprise that Poland would appoint someone who hasn't coached the national team as their coach but he had a reputation for attacking football and that's what Poland wanted to change because they've yeah, they got through the qualifying campaign pretty comfortably in their group ahead of Austria, but they didn't score many goals. And Brzezinczyk was criticised in the Nations League for some very poor defensive displays. And when you've got a player like Robin Lewandowski leading your team, you have the world's best striker 
at the moment in Europe for his goals at Bayern Munich and officially the world's best player, then you expect to be scoring more goals and, and playing more attacking football. And that's what Poland wants. And that's why they made the change and, and made the surprising switch to, to Palace Sosa. So it, it's an interesting situation and a fast-moving situation and one that Thomas is on top of. And we had an interesting chat about how Poland are now preparing for the Euros under a new coach. So grab a glass of vodka or, if you don't fancy that, a cup of Herbata tea. Stick your headphones in as we find out all about Poland with Thomas Vladasik. Thomas, Poland qualified for the Euros after a terrible World Cup in Russia where they finished bottom of the group. Um, but they seem to be making progress under a new coach, uh, Jerzy Brzezinczyk. That then in January, uh, a bombshell, a real shock, Brzezinczyk was sacked and Paolo Sosa, the Portuguese coach, was appointed as his successor. What's been going on? Well, as you said, it was a huge bombshell for us as well because after uh, the European Championship qualifiers, uh, then the games uh, during, uh, like after the, the COVID-19 break, everything seemed like we're going to carry on with Jerzy uh, Brzęczek, but uh, suddenly in, in January, uh, Zbigniew Boniek, uh, the Polish president, uh, decided to, to switch him for uh, Paulo Souza. First of all, when we've seen the news, we we thought it just 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 a fake one, a fake news. So we had to we had to check it, but obviously it, it became official. We just we just had one question: What happened? Why? Um, because like after after the last game against Netherlands in November. As Zbigniew Bonik gave a lot of interviews, uh, said to the media that uh, there's not going to be any change, that he spoke to, to Brzęczek, that they set another goals for you know, 2021, which is going to be tough, it's going to be exhausting. But well, something's changed the, during the winter break, during the Christmas break. And uh, yeah, Zbigniew Bonik decided to explain it on the press conference uh, one week ago that uh, yeah, he fought it through, uh, through, through, the, through the Christmas time. He didn't want to make the change just before Christmas. He didn't want to do it. So, uh, but the decision was made uh, and uh, yeah, it was a huge shock for us. Uh, so the, the second question was, or even the first question, why? As you said, we qualified for European Championship in the National League. We stayed in the highest division. Bignev Bonik said he didn't actually see the progress he wanted in the team. Uh, after some time, we knew we already knew basically that the process uh, processes that are are like linked to the team are not going to the um, to the right direction. On the paper, it looked solid, but when you watched those games uh, we had to push uh, those wins even with average teams we had some uh, exceptions like Israel but most of the games were actually ugly uh, it wasn't the style that uh, Zbigniew wanted so he decided to do it now we have Paulo Souza uh, on Thursday there was a press conference with the new coach so he answered a few questions it was a very diplomatic conference, press conference uh, Paulo Souza is very good at it uh, but yeah it has all changed and now we basically have a new chapter you talk about Boniek uh, a lot as the president 
Boniek, of course, is a, a former player, a, a great player for Poland, played in the, in those teams in, in the 70s and 80s, played with Michel Platini at Juventus. He's a big figure. You know, it, it, it wasn't a, a committee. It sounds like it wasn't a committee decision for lots of people. Boniek decides everything in Polish football. Is that fair to say? Definitely is. Um, it's a little bit uh, a one-man show in, uh, in Poland. If he says something, everybody quotes him, obviously, and he's tough opponent uh, for uh, for journalists, for everybody who, who try, tries to, you know, uh, um, convince him to something. Uh, if he makes the decision, it's usually one-man uh, decision, maybe. What he does, he usually, you know, make a lot of research, question, and keep keeps it to, to himself for a long time. And afterwards, like with Jancic, he makes the decision. I think the process was uh, was the same with the uh, with the sucking of the national team coach. He first he said, "I back him one hundred percent. He's gonna stay." But afterwards, he started to um, to get some opinions from uh, from his. Uh, uh, from his environment, from from the people around him, and I think after after some time he 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 just like fought it through and decided to do it. But yeah, if we go back to your question, it's definitely a one man decision, and many people in Poland criticized uh, him for that because obviously in Polish FA you have a board of uh, uh, executives. Uh, who didn't actually know anything about the change until the last uh, last thing that he's going to change uh, change Brzezic. Really, and um, so Paolo Suso has come in. He's never coached a national team before. Uh, he's got no connection, as far as I can see, with Polish football. Uh, I don't think he's ever coached any of the players in the squad before. So he's got. It's a big job. Um, and presumably the idea is that he will he will change tactics because he's a more attack minded. Is that the thinking behind the appointment that he will he will he will make the team play more attractive football, more positive football? Yeah, like behind every change, uh, the point is to 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 make to make the change to to do something better. Yeah, so I think uh, that the main point for for Bonning to make a change was. Uh, uh, Polish national team to play more attractive football to actually um, stay stay a little bit stronger against oppositions like Netherlands, uh, Portugal, Italy. Even if we had good results in the last two years after the World Cup when Brzezic uh, took over, there was always a question why we cannot play a little bit better uh, with the stronger teams. We have Lewandowski, we have other quality players like Piotr Zieliński from Napoli, we have Wojciech Szczęsny from Juventus and so on, so on. So basically those games were sometimes, okay, we, we, we could make a draw or something, but we weren't actually even close to, to winning. Uh, we played around six, eight games with the National League in competition with those teams from top 10 in Europe, I, I would say. And it was always like, an ugly game. If we made a draw, it was always a big hassle and stuff. So I think Bonnik thinking about the European Championship and to make another step, uh, if we compare it to, to what happened uh, four years ago when we got to the quarterfinals, 
he basically wanted that change to, as you said, maybe to change the tactics a little bit, to be more aggressive, to play more attractive football, to, um, to make the team uh, like put their own rules on the pitch, not to, to play according to rules that uh, all those stronger national teams uh, um, uh, put on the, the pitch themselves. So, uh, yeah, that was the main point, I think. Uh, and as you said, Paulo Souza is not a guy who has a big experience with national teams. Uh, basically, in Europe, when you look at those uh, uh, national teams, it's usually uh, a guy from the country that, uh, that, that, that runs the national team, even England. Gareth Southgate is a great example. He's like born and bred and raised even by the English uh, FA. He went through all those steps until uh, he got the job of the national team coach. And um, around the Europe, it's, it's some kind of a pattern that actually uh, uh, guys from those countries that they manage, uh, they, that they are from those countries that they manage. And that's, that's not typical anymore to, to take a foreign coach. Uh, I think it's some point uh, against uh, Paulo Souza because he doesn't have a lot of time. He needs to do his uh, work to know the players, to know the culture a little bit, to know the um, the feelings of those players, to to get some connection with them. It's always a little bit of the mix in the national team to to, to have that instant uh, click to make to make this. Yeah. To make this push for better uh, results, so it's always a doubt. I have my own doubts as well. If Paulo Souza is a, a coach for uh, for us, uh, yeah. obviously, uh, when you when we look to the to his CV, he's better than Brzecek, he's better than Adam Nawalka, who made great results with uh, Poland uh, from 2013 to 2018 until the World Cup was, as you said, a, a little bit of a disaster. Uh, and it's only a second foreign coach in our history. We had uh, uh, Leo uh, Ben Hacker, a great uh, coach from from Netherlands, but he was a little bit, you know, he, we took him when he basically stepped um, out of the bigger stage. He obviously won a lot of with um, with Real Madrid, but it was, it was a long time ago. And when he came to the country, he, it was obviously a big thing. Okay, it's a it's a nice name, it's a big name. It's everybody knows him in uh, in European football. But uh, at the end, uh, the, break, the breakup wasn't too too good, too sweet because. Um, Always when he went uh, out to make a press conference and when he, when he spoke to the to the journalist, it was uh, a little bit like a professor uh, talking to the students, like, okay, <laughs> you don't know anything about football and stuff. And I yeah. think uh, Paulo Souza will be different. Paulo yeah. Souza is a guy who, uh, even after those few days, communicates perfectly with media. He's like a guy from... 21st century, who mm. could be a manager in the big corporation, always, you know, a nice suit, perfect hair, perfect uh, opinions on uh, during the press conference. It's, everything yeah. is, uh, I would say, prepared. He started his press conference with uh, 
a quote from John Paul II. So he, <laughs> so he definitely knew uh, when where to push uh, Polish audience uh, to make him likable. I would say. Yeah, and uh, he was he he in the press conference he praised Robert Lewandowski. Yeah, which I guess is I guess when you have the guy who is the world's best player at the moment, according yeah. to yeah to all the awards. If you have the world's best player, then you need to build your team around him uh, and you need to uh, work with Lewandowski and have Lewandowski on your side. So is that what he's he's thinking? Because it seems to me with Lewandowski, he plays he plays a different role for Poland and he plays he has to come into midfield to create the chances that, at, at Bayern Munich. Yeah. The other players create for him. Is, is that fair? Yeah, that's a perfect opinion. And that was one of the biggest mistakes, I would say, of, of Jerzy Brzęczek. He didn't connect really well with Lewandowski. He knew him for a long time because he's an uncle of um, Jakub Błaszczykowski. They played together in Borussia Dortmund. So uh, obviously they know each other um, for a long time. But that relation wasn't really perfect through the years. It's a long story, but uh, we thought... He may, he may connect, he may click a little bit better with him, but it was the opposite side. And as you said, Lewandowski wasn't the same Lewandowski as he was during, um, the, like under Adam Nawałka. Nawałka, uh, I think that was his main point to change uh, the style of play, to build the team around Lewandowski. And that was the perfect decision because he got a lot of assists from from the players on the wings. Uh, we have Kamil Groszycki playing in West Brom and Groszycki and Lewandowski made together under that Adam Nawałka, I think 50, 50 something goals, which was very impressive uh, yeah. just uh, around those two players. So the tactic was definitely focused uh, in the offensive phase, uh, in, the, in the attacking phase around Lewandowski. And, in those last two years, I think, like when we compare Lewandowski to Bayern and Lewandowski to the Polish national team, he just became average. Just an average guy who plays uh, in the team of average um, players. And I would say Zbigniew Boniek uh, pointed this uh, thing out to Brzęczek in November. He wanted him to go to Munich to speak with Lewandowski to 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 build that connection that we are talking about, but he didn't do it or he didn't get a chance to, to do it in January because he was obviously sacked. Uh, but yeah, on, on the other hand, Paolo Souza, first decision, I fly to Munich, I meet Lewandowski. He probably said those uh, words or typical words that we heard on uh, during the press conference that, you know, you are big, you are world's best, I want you on my side. I will listen to your advice uh, and, go, you know, all those uh, things a great player wants to hear because we know great players have great ego. <laughs> and I think Lewandowski, he's a smart guy. He's very, like, mm, uh, I would say not the typical superstar, but still I think he has his uh, own ego anyway. And uh, when uh, when the manager is after or... Uh, like behind his back, it's always um, a good thing. And that was the mission, the first mission that Paulo Souza wanted to do after he was uh, he was appointed Polish national team manager, mm. which is a good step, I think. 
So yeah, uh, like building Lewandowski again in the national team is uh, like I would say number one thing to to yeah. do for the manager. But I, but I guess another thing he's also got to look at is is the younger players coming into the team. Brzezinski was was criticised for for defensive tactics, but he was also bringing in some younger players. Uh, the young centre back uh, Volukovic, who plays at, in Italy for Calgary, um, Jakub Moda. Um, yeah. who's signed for Brighton and Hove Albion last summer, been back back in Poland at Lech Poznan, but he's a very promising young player. Those players were coming into the team, weren't they, in, in the autumn. Is is there a feeling that Paolo Sousa now needs to to accelerate the, the development of the young the younger players? Yeah, I'm actually curious how he's going to build, build this team, uh, how many players he's going to keep from the plan that actually uh, was constructed uh, under the... Uh, the previous manager, but as you said, if we would we would have to look like some pros and cons. We we said a lot of cons uh, in terms of uh, Brzezinski's work, but uh, those good things that he actually did was, as you said, bringing back some fresh blood to the team, uh, which was actually needed already under Navalka. Navalka didn't actually make that that push for younger players he um, was like strongly connected to the players that uh, made the good result in 2016 the team didn't actually change haven't actually changed a lot at, during the world cup and we saw that it wasn't a good decision so Brzezinski the results were okay uh, and the like bringing a Fresh young players was a really good like point of his work, and yeah, we will see what uh, what Paulo Sousa is gonna do. I think those players that actually made a debut in the national team already, they're gonna stay in the uh, in the team or around the team. Uh, like, but I wouldn't say we're gonna see a lot of. Um, new faces uh, until the European Championship because now we, I think we need a little bit to like to make the team stable to to make the team grow around this group so I would say it's not going to be like a huge revolution because a new coach uh, has come to the team I think he has to make his own research he has to make some uh, homework and uh, to the players as well he already said that he's going to make a meeting with all those players that he's interested 30 40 players i don't know how he's going to do it but uh, he said he's going to do it and uh, just to introduce himself to introduce his style of work uh, who he is what he expects from the players and stuff so uh, i wouldn't say he's gonna grab another i don't know two five six i don't know new names it's not going to happen Polish. Uh, we don't have so many Polish talents anymore. So, uh, as you said, Walukiewicz, Moder, Juzwiak, they are already, all, already in the team. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to stay like that. Yeah, OK. Uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about the, the tactical options, selection options open to Palo Sousa. First, let's take a quick break. Back with Thomas talking about Poland. In the qualifiers, Thomas... Brzezinczyk played a very cautious formation. You know, the 4-2-3-1, sometimes 4-4-2, but mostly Lewandowski was the, the lone striker uh, with um, Zielinski behind him as the creative guy. 
presumably Paolo Sousa is going to play more expansive football. He's going to bring more players in. And, and to do that, you need other strikers, I guess. So he's looking at other strikers. The options would be would be Arcadius Milik, who's now, now at Marseille, um, having been out of favour at Napoli. Um, and, and also Christoph uh, Piontek, um, who's sort of showing signs of, of recovering his form, isn't he, at Hertha Berlin? What are, what are the striking options now that, that Paolo Sousa's got open to him? That's basically it, uh, because <laughs> when we look uh, at other names, it's it's Polish extra class. Uh, it's, uh, one guy is in Major League Soccer, it's Adam Buxa, but I don't think it's that kind of level of football. He has some health problems as well, so... We have to stick to those three names that it's obviously um, some kind of question mark because we know that Arkadiusz Milik or uh, Krzysztof Piątek, they have quality. They've shown it already in uh, the Italian league in the Serie A. But now, obviously, it's a bit of a disappointment, disappointment for Piątek in Bundesliga. He doesn't play as much as he would like to. He doesn't score as much as he would like to. Uh, situation with Milik, I think every everyone that follows football, uh, European football, uh, knew what's what the situation is. He mm, went out of favor at Napoli. He was conflicted with Aurelio De Laurentiis, the owner of Napoli, because he wanted to leave during the summer transfer window. It didn't actually happen. Uh, his big dream was Juventus, but. Everything went wrong. First, uh, Maurizio Sarri was sacked when Andrea, Andrea Pirlo came. He didn't actually like Milik that much, so he didn't push for the transfer. He took uh, Alvaro Morata. Then Milik was supposed to was supposed to go to Roma, uh, but only in the configuration when Edin Dzeko goes to Juventus. Dzeko stayed in Rome, so Milik uh, even after the medicals uh, in Switzerland. Uh, he had to stay. So basically everything went wrong during the summer transfer window. Then uh, all this fast conflict with the Napoli uh, owner started basically in May, I would say, when he said that he doesn't want to extend his contract. Uh, but yeah, everything collapsed, I would say, around Milik. So he had to look for different solutions. And uh, Olympic Marseille came uh, came up. So it was a little bit of a parachute transfer, I would say. He had to do it to 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 not ruin the whole season, to to save European championship championship for himself, to uh, get back to shape in uh, four months until Euros. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's uh, a transfer of his dreams. Uh, Olympic Marseille is uh, not in very good shape at the moment and uh, it's not going to be easy time for Milik, but he has to um, shape up. He has to uh, score a little bit uh, to uh, convince Paulo Souza as well. I think in his tactics, in his configuration, it's obviously going obviously to be Lewandowski, but I would say Milik would be the number two because they did amazing things before Euro 2016. They were the best attacking couple in the European uh, qualifiers at uh, that point. So I think Paulo Souza will, will uh, try to uh, recover that uh, relationship around Lewandowski and uh, Milik. It's going to be tough. It's going to be difficult. Um, but uh, yeah, he has to try and Milik has to show 
uh, his best um, his best shape. He he's capable of it, of course, but. French league isn't easy as well with all those athletic uh, players uh, uh, all around the pitch, not even in defense. But it's going to be uh, tough for him. Uh, it's not a striker like Lewandowski that can fight a lot with the defenders, that can look for his own space. He basically look for the last the ball, I would say, to finish, to make a simple finish or to strike from the distance because his left leg is... Uh, amazing, I would say he has the best strike uh, from the from the le- from the um, from his left leg in in Europe even. Mm. So yeah, uh, as you said, I I think Paulo Souza will try to uh, play with two um, strikers, maybe with three defenders, uh, and we are capable of it because Valukiewicz uh, is doing a great job. Uh, He's just 20 years old. Uh, he plays for Cagliari on a regular basis uh, and he's growing. We hear that a lot of Premier League clubs uh, like are looking at him. Uh, Manchester United, Liverpool, maybe Southampton, who is raising Bednarek perfectly. And I think yeah. in the summer, Bednarek may go somewhere else uh, to the bigger club in England. So... Yeah, we, we will see. Basically, we have the players to um, to switch tactics to three uh, defenders, yeah. but Adam Navalka also tried it before World Cup and it was a disaster and uh, players uh, hated it. And even I remember that I wrote a story when uh, they were flying to Sochi, to the training camp base in uh, Russia. Uh, Lewandowski and Lukasz Piszczek uh, made like the last conversation with Navalka not to play with three defenders because they hated it so much. But maybe yeah. the time has changed. Maybe we'll, we're going to play with those three defenders and uh, two well, you know, the, the problem uh, with running the problem. Uh, wingers like as defenders. We have <laughs> the players that are ca- capable to play to, like that. To play that formation. And I think Palo Sousa did play three at the back at Bordeaux at some, some point last season. Yeah. It's a tricky formation to play well because you need good centre backs, yeah. and then you need the wide players who can who can cover a lot of ground up and down the pitch. Um, so Velukovic would come in. Does that mean in in the defence you'd have Velukovic, Bednarek, and and Kamil Glick would stay yeah. in the back three? He's he's getting on a bit now, but he would be the the centre back, the other centre back. Yeah, I think. It's obviously a big, huge figure for the Polish national team. He was he's like a captain uh, for the third foreign club. That that means something. That he's a huge personality, great character. But as you said, he's not going to be faster. He's not going to be stronger uh, anymore. Uh, he's very experienced, and maybe playing in those like three centre backs also makes a little bit of, of, of backup for him to, to have that backup of, of two young guys uh, like Valukiewicz or Bednarek. Who knows? Maybe that's a good solution. But also, as you said, on, on the wings, you need to have like really strong and perfectly prepared players to run uh, from one goal to another. So it's a tricky formation. Uh, it's a good formation if it works because you can make a huge advantage in the attacking 
um, phase, but you also have to um, organize really quick uh, when uh, when you are defending. So a lot of clubs in Europe start to play three five two or five three two or uh, whatever, but with with the with the three uh, center backs uh, it's a popular formation at the moment so uh, yeah we have to see and i think paulo souza have to see it on like himself as well if we are capable to switch quick uh, you won't have a lot of friendly games tests that you can make mistakes and uh, we're going to play england we're going to play um, a lot of games in the World Cup qualifiers. You have to make results. You have to make points because qualifying for the World Cup is going to be tougher than uh, ever before. Who knows if it's a good uh, good choice to sure. to mess around with the tactics? I don't know that. I think he's going to try, but if it's going to be a good try, I don't know. So uh, P- uh, we we talked about Milik at Napoli and leaving Napoli. But uh, Piotr Zielinski is still at Napoli. And, and he, he seems to me to be a really interesting character, a very talented footballer, but someone who's not always played his best football for the national side. Is that fair? Um, because Brzezinski even questioned his, his mentality. Uh, is, he, is he the guy who could actually play a really important role for the team uh, in a, in a yeah, more attacking yeah. formation? Exactly. Jerzy Brzęczek said uh, at one of the press conferences that uh, basically Piotr Zielinski have to wake up one day to to become a bigger player. And that was also one point of uh, Zbigniew Bonik thinking he's not communicating well with the team because the words were strange, I would say, uh, softly. And it was like advice of his uh, of the psychologist that um, worked in the national team, and it, it was a like really important figure for Jerzy Brzęczek. And first thing after those games in uh, in November, Zbigniew Bonik said, "You have to sack him because you, he made he makes you like he, like all those things that." Uh, he wants you to say are basically wrong. Uh, like with Piotr Zielinski, all those um, points that uh, are supposed to make like psychological, psychological advantage for the national team coach were basically uh, the other way around. So um, Piotr Zielinski isn't playing to his capabilities in the national team. He has better games after those better games he has West games we expect um, him to be more important figure uh, in the national team and since November when he had COVID-19 there was like a few weeks break for him he started to play actually really well for Napoli and he played really well in the uh, the last games uh, for the national team so maybe there is a little bit like breakthrough or something for for Zielinski. Mm, Gennaro Gattuso changed his position a little bit. He's not uh, in the center of the field anymore. He's a little bit higher. He makes uh, more offensive runs. He's more. He has more freedom, I would say, uh, which is good. His technical ab- abilities are, are basically amazing. Yeah, even Gattuso said that he's the second player to, to Kevin De Bruyne that uh, actually shows the, that quality. 
but he doesn't have one thing aggression uh, he's not aggressive he's not a guy who can like stand up for himself on the pitch he's not confident enough uh, he should be more confident with that quality of football that he's showing mm. but maybe something as i said has changed because his numbers are getting better and better it's not any anywhere close still to what Kevin De Bruyne is doing at Manchester City but still it's good I think this season he's going to make his double-double for the first time in uh, in the career so uh, that's another thing like uh, recovering Lewandowski bringing him to the best shape but also finding the best of Piotr Zielinski in the national team for Paulo Sousa uh, And what about the goalkeeper situation? Because Poland always seem to have fantastic <laughs> goalkeepers. And at the moment, it's, it's Wojciech Szczesny, Szczesny and, and Lukas Fabianski. They've been sort of alternating in, in the number one spot. But there are other keepers as well. Skorowski at Bologna, uh, Dragowski at Argentine, yeah, uh, Gilkowitz at Augsburg. I mean, a, a whole series of keepers, all, all of them would, would probably be number one in, in lots of other teams. What's, what's the thinking about who, who the first choice will be? Yeah, your questions are basically spot on <laughs> because <laughs> it's uh, all, all, all points I would say that uh, made uh, Brzęczek sacked. Um, Paulo, Sousa, Paulo Sousa said that uh, he's definitely have, has his, his number one and he's going to communicate it to goalkeepers and 99% it's going to be Wojciech Szczęsny because it's, it's natural. Yeah, he plays for a great club. Uh, he also is in very good shape. Last games, he showed that again. Of course, Fabianski is very strong, very decent. West Ham fans love love him because uh, mm, I think you know probably better in, in the uh, last years. It's the best goalkeeper for the Hammers, I would say. Uh, uh, he, Finally, they don't have to look for other options uh, in goal. So, so yeah, for Fabianski, I think it may be a little bit of disappointment if he's going to be like a definite number two. Uh, but I would say he can expect that, that Wojciech Szczęsny is going to be number one. Then there's going to be fight for number three. Uh, between those younger goal, younger goalkeepers, uh, I think Drongowski deserves his chance at the moment because he's absolutely amazing uh, in uh, in Italian uh, league, and I know that also a lot of Premier League clubs are watching him. And uh, who knows, maybe something's going to happen in the summer. So yeah, uh, like coming back to the questions itself, uh, I would say that Paulo Sousa is going to have his number one and it's going to be Stensner. Okay, good. I wanted just to go back to talk a little bit about Paolo Sousa again, but first just take, let's take a, a, a quick break. Back talking with Thomas about Poland. Just wanted to go back to Paolo Sousa and his appointment because he's the first, uh, he's only this, you mentioned Beanhacker, uh, Leo Beanhacker, the Dutchman. So, so Paolo Sousa is the second foreign coach of, of the national team. What's what's the mood in Poland towards the idea of a foreigner as as coach? Is is there disappointment that there was nobody uh, from the local league who could have been appointed? Uh, we expected that it's going to be a foreigner this time because when you when you look at the market, who can uh, uh, actually jump into those huge shoes to to manage national team? Mm, we don't have any more like 
managers that are that good or even Brzęczek and Nawałka weren't that good uh, at the time when uh, they were appointed. So there's a huge discussion like in, huge, in bigger perspective that uh, the school of Polish management should be better quality. We don't have uh, good coaches, quality coaches that uh, can work in Europe, can work in European clubs, uh, like we have a lot of Polish players around uh, uh, top five leagues, but we don't have any manager in the, uh, not even top five, top 10 leagues, I would say. So that's a little bit of a problem in, in longer term, I would say, not even for the national team at the moment. We definitely expected that's going to be a foreign guy. Mm, obviously, there were, uh, were a lot of opinions that we should take someone from the highest shelf. Yeah, I don't know, Thomas Tuchel at that point, maybe Maurizio Sarri, maybe some other like French Arsene Wenger managers or Italian managers that can communicate well in the in the dressing room because we have a lot of players in Italian league. Uh, but we knew um, it's not the path for the managers anymore. They look for work in the bigger biggest clubs. They look for job on a daily basis, not on the monthly basis. Uh, so, uh, as we said uh, at the beginning, managers uh, uh, are looking for, uh, or it, like FAs, football associations, are looking for like a homegrown managers. And that's some kind of the path, I would say, at the moment. Uh, because you don't have a lot of quality foreign managers uh, on the market anymore. So they don't want, want to work with the national teams. So Paulo Souza was like, we said, yeah, it's okay. It's not like, wow, Paulo Souza is going to manage Polish national team. Mm, uh, you look at his CV, it's very decent. It's uh, Ligue 1, it's Serie A. Uh, as we mentioned, he didn't work in with the national team before uh, last few years are bad for him we have to say that Jerome Bordeaux was a, even maybe a disaster yeah it was it was bad uh, working in never like big enough to make a huge impression on on anyone uh, so we have our questions so we will have to wait it's not something it's not the name that looks uh, impressive like for for the first time when you see it mm, but he made a good impression on the press conference he looks good he speaks good as i said like a top quality manager in the big corporation uh, he knows what to say he know how to say it to mm, not to to say too much <laughs> And yeah. yeah, we will see. He's, he's very similar to Adam Nawałka. Adam Nawałka was always like, you know, a guy who was likable, who looked good, who said, who said a lot of nice words without any, uh, any meaning, I would say. <laughs> it was always all around the topic, uh, five minutes of conversation and you knew nothing. <laughs> so Paulo Sousa is, uh, is quite similar to that. Now, Poland's last squad of, of 2020 for those Nations League games 
had no players from the domestic league. I mean, uh, Jakob Mulder was was in there. Yeah. He was playing back at Lech Poznan, but he'd been signed by Brighton and he's now gone gone to England. Um, but there were no, no other players from the domestic league. The squad at Euro 2016, I was looking at, had 10 local players from the, the Polish league. Is, is, the, is there a worry that there are no domestic players coming through? Or is it actually a good thing that Polish players are playing outside of their country uh, around in the top leagues? Well, it's a trend that... Uh... If you kick a ball in the Polish league straight 10 times, <laughs> you go abroad, yeah? yeah. Uh, uh, 2 million euros, 3 million euros, it's enough for the Polish club, especially at the moment with all those financial difficulties of uh, COVID-19 and the market is really difficult. You can see that there are not like huge transfers around Europe anymore. Sebastian Haller from West Ham to Ajax Amsterdam was, was the biggest uh, at the moment. So it was 20, 20 something million euros. It's not very impressive. It's huge, but it's not, you know, something that, uh, that we'll like talk about in, in, in a few years on. So um, it's worrying, not for the national team, but for the league in in general that polish players like fly away really quick they don't get experience they have they go to the foreign club abroad and uh, their development is often stopped because they don't play as much as we would like and uh, we will see what happens with uh, Moder with Karbovnik at Brighton i think it's going to be uh, a tough time for them as well because this season they may get some minutes but I don't believe they're going to be a like, first team choice for um, uh, Graham Potter. So that's going to be a problem for European Championships. The guys who played on a regular basis suddenly are on the bench or uh, are not in the squad at all. So uh, yeah, that's that's some kind of a like trend in Two, three, four, five years. Uh, we are not like shocked that it's happening. Uh, you know, as I said, when we are 19, 20 years old, agents look for the offers abroad and they just sell you, and the clubs cannot uh, force it. They cannot stop it because they need money. So it uh, it's happening really quick. Uh, I'm disappointed with that we cannot keep. A little bit longer like players who are actually good for the league and it it would probably be good for them as well to get that experience of one or two seasons in the Polish league which is bad which is very bad because we are like 32nd in Europe at the moment so uh, yeah uh, that that's the main point they are just running away to uh, develop somewhere else yeah because we've got quite a few guys in England now. We've got Click. Click is doing well at Leeds. Gorsicki was not doing as well at West Brom under under Bilic, but he may get more time under Allardyce. Um, but there's players in the Championship doing quite well, aren't they? Uh, Puacheta at, uh, at Norwich, uh, Josviak at Derby. They've come into the national team as well. Is it is it better for them to be playing regularly in a league like the Championship than be on the bench? as a substitute in the Bundesliga or Serie A? What's the, what's the sort of um, 
the, the, the feeling about where players should be moving to from Poland? Is it, is it just down to money? Which, which clubs will pay the transfer fee? I think it's both. Obviously, the salary of the player, it's, it's one of the main points. And championship, it's still like when you look at the... Like now we don't have attendances, of course, but it, it, it was still a big league, number six or number seven in Europe in terms of attendance, in terms of finances. So it's not a, a maybe perfect direction, but it's a good direction that you can play a lot of games, 40-something in the season. With the Cups, it's 50-something. Uh, so it's it's a nice league to keep keep the keep your form at the proper level and Grosicki played in the championship for a long time and he was in great shape sometimes for the national team now Christian Bielik and Kamil Juzvek are doing well uh, at Derby County Bielik just came back from very serious uh, another very serious injury and he's doing like really great for the from for Derby he, he won few man of the match uh, awards uh, so I would say it's a good direction as long as they play um, you said Kamil Grosicki has problems uh, in West Brom he's going to leave I would say it's 99% he's going to leave um, Klich we are surprised that Marcelo Bielsa basically made him one of his uh, main soldiers and he's playing thousands of minutes I, actually, the last game was his uh, first on the bench uh, under Marcelo Bielsa. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, uh, it's 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 a good direction for the players. Definitely, Bundesliga is very popular for many years, uh, and Italy, Italy is our second home at the moment because half of the national team um, uh, plays there. I, I would say thirteen or fifteen players. Uh, are uh, in Italy at the moment so that says something and as I see it now and other players from the Polish league may go to Italy so they know we are cheap when you took players from the Polish league uh, and um, the characteristics of the Polish players are good the, the character of the Polish player is good because it's a work hard-working guy, he's not complaining, he's uh, giving some kind of quality and as long as it's cheap, you don't lose a lot. So Italy is uh, definitely using that kind of pattern to to transfer a, a lot of players at, and usually it works. So uh, yeah, uh, Italy, England and Bundesliga are the, the, the main uh, main leagues that uh, that the national team players play, play at the moment. And Thomas, just finally, mm-hmm. what's what's your prediction for the the summer? Poland are in a, a group with with Spain, Sweden, and Slovakia. So tough teams, some some possibly weaker teams. What what's the expectation and what's your what's your prediction? I don't know to be honest because of the qualifiers to the World Cup. It's going to be very important in terms of uh, psychological attitude. If you're going to lose high to England, for example, so even if Paulo Souza have a perfect plan and suddenly um, he lose to England three nil, four nil. I don't know. Maybe it won't happen. I don't know. But the. Um, the qualifiers will be important for the European Championships as well, I would say, to how the team's going to be um, 
shaped by by Paulo Souza and uh, uh, also in terms of uh, attitude to Paulo Souza and his job uh, during the European Championship. But if I would have to say it now, obviously Spain, huge favorite, main favorite. We've seen what they did to Germany a few months ago, so I wouldn't expect nothing uh, else than a loss, to be honest. I don't know if it's going to be 1-0 or 5-0, but it's going to be extremely tough to um, to stop them. And we're going to play for number two place with Sweden. I would say it's a game against Sweden is everything for the European Championship. If we're going to win it, uh, if we're going to draw it, I don't know. We have a chance to qualify from the group, but for Zbigniew Boniek, for the Polish FA, for everybody in the country, qualifying for the group is like this minimum that uh, the team of that quality with Lewandowski, Szczęsny, Zieliński, Milik, Klich and other players, it's, uh, it's a must. So anything else, uh, who knows, maybe quarterfinals like five years ago. Uh, but it's going to be tough. Uh, but not qualifying from the group would be the end for Paulo Souza, I would say. Thomas, uh, great to speak to you. Thanks ever so much for your time. And Thank for your you opinion. very much. Really interesting to, to find out about Poland. And I hope we can meet up in the summer in a stadium, hopefully yeah. in front of fans, but hopefully um, we'll, we'll meet up. And, and thanks so much for your time. Thank you very much and all the best uh, for the English national team instead of the game against Poland. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you liked it and you want to find out more, there's a new podcast with a different journalist from every single country competing in this summer's European Championship. You can find them all wherever you listen to your podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe and follow this show so you know whenever I release a new episode. And you can find out more great sports podcasts on the Sport Social Podcast Network. Just head to sport-social.co.uk. Gavin Hamilton's Euro Road Trip. Follow and subscribe now so you never miss an episode. This podcast is part of the Sport Social Podcast Network. Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.